Hey everybody, welcome back. It is the Razzball Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am Beaton, joined by the Fantasy Master Lothario, the mustachioed man of mystery, Gray Albright. <laughs> How you doing over there, Gray? Hey, what's going on, Beaton? What's uh what's the haps, brother? Oh, not too much. You know, it's uh it's an actual full week of work for me, which is like the first one I've had in like a month. So this hey, is gonna be I'm, this gonna be, be done, brutal. Be, be done, be done. It's a figure of speech, me asking you what's going no, on. No, I you already know this. I <laughs> I am from the Midwest. If you ask me, I'm going to tell you something. Like I'm even cutting that's it where, down from what I would normally the, tell uh, you. That's where the disconnect is. Because I'm I'm from New York. We say, hey, what's going on? We don't actually care. You don't. You don't. You don't say that. Don't lie. There's just kind of like a like a sneer and like maybe a middle finger, and you just keep walking. Like that's more New York City. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Nobody true. actually says hi. How are you doing in New York? That's true. Unless you're it's buying hard. something, it's hard on a podcast to just sneer. Though it's, uh, <laughs> it doesn't come across as well. <laughs> we make sure everybody watches. You know, if you just do like the sneer and the middle finger, and instead of saying hi. As I, like, What's going liquid, on? as I drink my liquid death, you still have those. I thought I thought we you you had decided these were these were it's like a one time experience. Man, it's so terrible. No, <laughs> I I'm, I bought too many. I, I'm trying to get through them. It's a uh, lot. You bought the uh, the Costco pack of them. Now you got to deal with it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Whole Foods. <laughs> I went the whole paycheck, and I uh, I bought I bought a bunch of like uh, canned. <laughs> Ice teas. Some of them are good. I bought here. Look, I got, I got like, I got this one. That's this one's actually good. Seven. I like this one. If you're, if you're listening, uh, head of seven marketing. <laughs> and then I got Liquid Death, which is not good. Anyway, let's do the top one hundred. Yeah, let's go ahead and get into it. Before we get into any of the players, I just wanted to walk through it so everybody can know. How do you go about making your second half rankings? You know, you can't just like take the first half player rater, copy paste it. But at the same time, you can't ignore when somebody's having a breakout first half. Where are you at? Where, how do you balance like everything in regards to making up, you know, hitters, pitch, all that? Like, where? How do you go about it? So, uh, so I got a really big hat, right? And I, I write everyone's name on it, <laughs> <laughs> and I put it in. Um, yeah, it's tough, man, because like you said, it's like you don't ignore guys who are doing well in the first half, but also there's some fluky ones in there. Like, for instance, one guy who is not who didn't make the top 100 is Lane Thomas, and he's actually at 15 overall on the player radar. It's pretty, it's really high. It's really high to ignore a guy doing that well. But I, you know, like in for specifically for him, like I looked at his second half projections and it's like 10 homers, five steals, 250 average. And it's like, ah, that's, that's like basically like a, a good week from some players. So I just I just couldn't put him in the I couldn't squeeze him into in the top one hundred. I I almost did. And we'll talk about it maybe later on with like some of the guys at the end of the list. Like if you were to take, you know, a guy at like eighty five and swap him out with a guy who wasn't who's not even on the list, 
it's probably fine. Like it depends on needs at a certain point. Like if you were to take like Gunnar Henderson, who I believe is like at the uh, the bottom like twenty. Like if you were to take him and switch him out with Lane Thomas because you want runs and you trust the at bats for Lane Thomas over Gunnar Henderson because the Orioles lineup has a lot of guys and yeah, I mean I, I'm not I'm not opposed to doing you know making that switch overall. But, you know, and, and a lot has to do with needs for your fantasy team for guys who are like the the uh, the second half of the top 100, because, you know, like in a two and a half month span, which is, you know, the second half of the season, second half of the season, you know, obviously I'm not, you know, I'm not breaking news here. It's shorter than the first half. It's like, you know, I think it's like 75 games, maybe 70 games, something like that. So the fact that, like, you know, guys are in the, uh, you know, the guys in the second half, you know, you you have a good month. You have a good month of August and suddenly you're going to be in you're going to be in the top 30 overall for the second half. And, you know, there's no way to account for something like that. Like Eugenio Suarez, who's nowhere near the top 100, (laughs) it wasn't even (laughs) wasn't even in consideration for the top 100. Like if he had like. A twelve month, uh, excuse me, a twelve homer uh, month of August. He would easily make the top one hundred. He'd probably make the top fifty overall for the second half. But you know, you can't account for that. And you know, and the and the similar similarly with the uh, you know the guys who had a great first half. You try and you try and weigh it against like what a guy is going to do in the second half, and and not like you you can't disregard it completely. But you look at a guy who had like a great April, like a a, a Matt Chapman, for instance. Like you see what happens. Like if he were to have if he were to have had a great June into July instead of a great April. He might have made the top 100, but because he had a great April, you know, that month, you know, that's so far in the past now where, you know, it's like you try not to do too much recency bias, but it obviously weighs in a little bit. Like there's no way of ignoring. uh, And that's just with hitters, with pitchers or (laughs) pitchers are a, a whole nother, you know, can of worms because, you have so many pitchers now that are just terrible. <laughs> Even the good ones are terrible. Like you look at like a, you know, Max Scherzer on Sunday, uh, right before the break had like a five inning, five earned run start. And he's at like, I want to say maybe a four, I don't have it in front of me, but say like a 4.2 ERA or something, 4.3 maybe. I don't know. It's just, he's not good. He wasn't great in the first half. But, you know, history tells us he can be great for, like, two months at a time. And, you know, if he's great in, you know, August and September, he's going to be a top 100 guy and a top 20 pitcher. So you try and weigh that a little bit, too, like what guys are capable of. And you look at other pitchers who are like, you know, there's no track record for some pitchers. And it's like, well... If there's no track record on a guy, it's like, how much do I, you know, consider the fact that he could tire like a Jose, uh, uh, a Jesus Lazardo, for instance, who could potentially get his innings capped 
or a you know Tanner Beebe who's got no track record and could have his innings capped and you know it's like there's a lot of different like it's really comes down to like specific players and there's a lot of different factors into like going into it and not to mention just the fact that it's a top 100 versus like in the preseason there's a top 500 so you're able to say like okay Lane Thomas didn't make the top 100 but he's at 110 overall so you know you can look at that and be like okay so he's still like better than a lot of guys but when you only have a top 100 and everyone after the top 100 is just like one big giant pool of players it's hard to say like well i don't like is lane thomas then droppable because he's not in the top 100 no he's not droppable he just didn't make the top 100 because i don't really trust him in the second half but if he's as good as he was in the first half then sure yeah you could put him in at like 80 and that's for a lot of players who didn't make the top 100 like I didn't really I don't trust Tim Anderson necessarily because his first half was so awful. But if he has like a good month of August, you know, if he if he shows like what he's capable of of like, you know, the last like 6 7 years if he does that over the course of the second half, then yeah, he's a top 100 guy, but it's hard to say because he was so bad, but you know, it's just like it's such it, it's really a balancing act. Like the top 50 overall were, I mean, like I think I even mentioned in the top 100, I mentioned how like like the top 50 is pretty stacked. Like there's not there's not a ton of guys in the top 50 where I'm like, hmm, I don't really trust him like completely. But in the second half of the top 100, you get more like, yeah, yeah I, I like Charlie, I like Charlie Morton, but not that much, maybe. So I can't like, you know, I don't know. It's like him or Justin Verlander, who's had who had a terrible first half and his his peripherals don't look good. Yeah, you know, it's. It's really kind of like just trying to balance out like expectations and what a guy has done in the previous, you know, two and a half months or whatever, three months. Okay. So that was, uh, you know, an explanation of how everything kind of breaks down, where everything falls. And and in regards to like the, the fact that it's a shorter time period, it means that like the projections are a lot tighter. So especially in that back end, like you mentioned, like, the difference between who ends up 98th and who ends up like 105th could be like a home run or a stolen base or a couple of runs here or there. Like it, it could be very minimal what the difference is between, especially on the back end, what we're looking at. Cause there's just, as you mentioned, there's variance in like who's going to have the good month. And then if, if you don't have like an amazing month, then the numbers kind of aren't all that impressive over the last two month, two and a half months that we have here just because of the, the amount of time that we have versus what we've already kind of looked at. And then we're also used to thinking about things in a full season projection rather than, you know, the, the kind of the sprint here to the end. So let's go ahead and get into it. Acuna, Otani, 1-2. No surprise there. We've talked about them. We're, we're just going to move on. Uh, Tatis Jr. comes in at 3. And if you look at his stats since he's returned, he probably falls somewhere in the 5-10 to 10 range on the player rater, if not higher. So Tatis at three feels perfectly fine. Anything that you wanted to say about the top three here at all? 
No, no. I mean, the top kind of twenty or so. I mean, there's so many. Like I almost like I almost want like a a top forty in the top twenty. I mean, there's so many good players, and the top three are like. I mean, I even I mentioned it in the uh, in the post, like the top two, like Acuna and Otani are on another level, and then I think, and then they really begin to get like you know a uh, a uh, you know a question mark of like I like Tatis at three, but you know if someone wanted to say like uh, Jose Ramirez or uh, you know. Or Betts, or Wander, or Julio Rodriguez, or you know Matt Olson, or you know like if someone wanted to say like if someone wanted to debate on three, I could see it. I feel like Acuna or Otani though are like, I mean, there's no debate with those guys, right? I mean, they are so obviously one and two. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Tatis at three makes sense just because he has the ability to put up. A lot of home runs, a lot of stolen bases. I mean, he can do everything you possibly want that could help your team bounce back. Yeah. Like, he's going to do it. Right. And also, like, you know, prior to, what was it, Thursday? Prior to this past Thursday, like, I had written this up, um, you know, last, like, beginning of last week. And uh, beginning of last week to the to about, like, Thursday, I was writing this up. And uh, I had Corbin Carroll at three overall and where Tatis is and I had Tatis at four but that swing on Thursday from Corbin Carroll has got me super like bummed out and scared (laughs) I'm really I'm kind of I'm worried man I I dropped him I dropped him way down uh because I just can't I can't imagine his shoulder stay stays together for the next two and a half months i mean i i hate to say that but i just you know and and if it was like if it was in the preseason a we would have spring training games to sort of gauge how he looks so there would be that but also like we'd have like um you know we would have like a uh well not only spring chain games we'd also have like his whole off season so there would be it would and we'd be able to feel out a little bit more with Corbin Carroll and also if we had if it was in the preseason you would have a situation where it's like okay as long as he gets healthy by like May we'd have like you know five months still but now like if Corbin Carroll goes down like end of July and he misses August, there's only a month. Like, you only have a month left. Like, there's no time for him to, like, get healthy, you know? So that's why I, I dropped him, like, 25 spots in the in the, in the the rankings. Unfortunately, I really – I love Corbin Carroll, but I just couldn't – I couldn't say, like, I would have him three over, like, all these other guys. Yeah, that's fair. I know that – just kind of looking at the listing, and I didn't. I don't. I don't make second half rankings. I, I barely make, you know, beginning of season <laughs> rankings. It's just I, I don't like the rankings process. It always changes, and then like you get kind of take locked into whatever you have. Um, but that you know that's kind of what we're here for as well to tell you what we think. I would have Corbin Carroll higher. I'm just that's just kind of how I play though. I'm not. I, I don't tend to worry about injuries as much. As as most people do, 
I would probably have him somewhere in the 10 to 15 range, if I had to guess, just based on, again, the fact that he can put up so many numbers for you. Just the the number of people who can do what he can do across this short span of time is a very limited list. So that's pretty much what I'm looking at and why I would have him higher, but I completely understand pushing him down because of the injury, because it looked absolutely dreadful when it happened and you were kind of like you're writing this up as we're watching that that happen so it's a you know it's hard to get past that mentally yeah Um, Mookie at four he kind of had a very mediocre meh start to the season in June he hit 309 with nine home runs and five stolen bases which has put him right back up at the top of the player radar any concern over Mookie's kind of like I feel like this is like Mookie's been up and down. It, it feels like it's usually season to season, but even within this season, he's kind of been like three different players. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know uh, for sure if this is accurate, but I see that on the player radar uh, for the player radar, Mookie bets is four overall, and then on the rest of the season player radar, Mookie bets is four overall. I don't know if any other player. Is on the is at the exact same spot uh, for rest of the season as they are for what they've done up to now. Um, Probably one two. Well, I, Acuna, I guess. Well, I guess. I guess. Acuna, <laughs> I guess Acuna. Well, Otani isn't. No, Tatis is above Otani. Even on the if you combine pitching and oh, and, and hitting. oh, when you when you combine pitching and hitting, Otani actually might be number one yeah. uh, above Acuna. Um, yeah, so that's fair. You're you're right. Um, so yeah, I mean. I don't know. I mean, I think with Mookie Betts, like everything is pointing to him being like, you know, Dodger Stadium really became a a great uh, hitters park slash home run park about like four or five years ago. Um, And yeah, I mean, Mookie Betts looks like he is like able to hit 15 homers at least in a half uh, and has he has speed. And he's in a great lineup. So, yeah, I don't, I don't really have much to say on Mookie Betts. He looks legitimate. I mean, it's kind of crazy, but he looks like he's he's on pace for a 40-homer, 15-steal season, which, I mean, it'd be, I mean, if you drafted Mookie Betts where he was going in the preseason, I'm sure you would take a 40-15 season from him. Um, yeah, I mean, he looks great to me. I don't know. I don't have any issues with Mookie Betts. Yeah, it's it's a player that I like. I love him as a real life player, but I he's and I think we said this on the you know on the preseason. We're looking at him like I, I just kind of like he never ends up on enough of my teams because he seems so like different. He sees in the season, it's kind of hard to project him out for what like you're gonna get from him. But yeah, I mean, if you told me we're gonna get forty twelve to fifteen, like that sounds great. I feel like the changes to the rules have really helped him specifically keep the stolen base up number up a little bit just because he's such a smart player and he's so athletic. Like I, I that all that lends to him being able to kind of find his way into stolen bases. That being said, five of them came in one month. That does concern me a little bit. Um, so I wonder if like the speed is necessarily going to stick around, but the rest of it, like it's there. He's going to get the runs, the RBIs, which are, you know, certainly helping prop him up at number four right now, but that's not really changing his batting position and the lineup's not changing. Like he's going to be a good on base guy. He always has been. So you can kind of count on that to stick around 
If anything, it's just like the speed may not necessarily be there if that's what you're chasing. Um, Adalis Garcia, I mean, we've been on him for seasons now. Keep getting told it's not going to happen. Now he's tied for sixth in home runs. He's fifth in our and uh, fifth in runs, leader in RBIs. Uh, are you can are you concerned at all that stolen bases are down? It's tied more to like the runs RBIs than it has been in his previous seasons, where it's more power speed. The only thing I'm really concerned with Adalis Garcia is like the people who don't believe in him suddenly start believing in him, and then he will become terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Once he has converted everyone, at that point he will become bad. So, so let's hope, let's hope and pray there's still going to be people out there who don't believe in him. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's a little bit concerning that he hasn't been running as much, but in like today's game, like I feel like he could have a. 10 steel month very easily and just like get right back on like a 20 steel pace you know because like it's so easy to steal uh in today's game that like i mean i could see potentially him liking have like having like three steel games like a couple you know for a couple games and it's like boom like if he if he has a three steel like week you know, suddenly he's on pace for like seventeen steals again, or something. Like, so I don't know. I'm not. I'm not really that concerned because it's not like he's getting caught a lot or anything. Like he has six steals and zero caught stealing. So yeah, I mean, I think you know, honestly, I'm joking about people uh, still hating on him, but I, I do think probably people are going to uh, are going to be less. Uh, against him now because like he's cut his strikeouts which is like you know everyone like everyone loves to put like look at strikeouts for some reason I don't know why because like in today's game everyone strikes out so it's it's not like strikeouts are like the end of a player anymore uh, like they were like maybe 15 20 years ago like so you know but the fact that Odalis Garcia cut his strikeouts and he's upped his walks. I could see actually him being like, you know, actually like next year, people getting in on a Dallas Garcia. And, you know, at that point he will become terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually probably out on him for next year. If he continues this, just because of where his draft positions going to end up being yeah. um, versus yeah, actually, where it has I been. Can, I could probably see that too, <laughs> to be like, honest. Like he's going to go top 10. See, like finally I could probably see being out on it. If he's top 10, yeah, I'm, I'm out on him. Yeah. Like I'm not drafting him top 10. It was great. Great getting him yeah. after like the second round. That was phenomenal. Or even yeah. in the second round, I was fine. Like, no. I but, like, for the last like two years, I've yeah. been like so excited about Adalas Garcia, but yeah, no, you're right. If he's, if he's finally moved into the top ten for people, yeah, no, I'm <laughs> gonna be out. I'm probably nowhere near. I'm probably nowhere near him. Everybody yeah. finally I mean, buys in, and the two people that have been leading it are jumping the jumping yeah, the hell off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably gonna have to. Where is he actually? Let's see. Oh my god, on the uh, rest of the season player rater, he's down at fifty six overall. <laughs> I, I think I think Steamer needs to reevaluate what they think of uh, Adalas Garcia. Oh, that's part of the reason he's always been hated is Steamer. Steamer has never been a fan of him, um, and maybe that's part of the K thing is that like when K's are high, projection models seem to really ding those guys. 
a lot harder than than they necessarily should in today's game. I feel like. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like, it doesn't make any sense because, like, you look at his numbers and you're like, this guy. It's not like this is his star mitzvah. Like, he's not he's not breaking out right now. He's not becoming a man in front of our eyes. He's done this for the last two years. He's not – this is not a new thing. Like, Dallas Garcia has been great since 2021. Since he since he came on the scene, he's been great. So, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, let's move on. Let's move on to Luis Robert, Lou Bob, 26-8, 271 so far. He's 10 games away from having the most games he's had in a season, Gray. <laughs> this is my issue with him being this high. I do not trust him to stay on the field still. I know he's done it for a half. Like I, I just, yeah. I just don't trust him this high. Like, I would not draft him this high simply because of that. I believe he is a power hitter for average. We think we we both discussed that preseason. Like if he's healthy, he's going to hit for average. He's probably going to hit the power. The eight stolen yeah. base is a little surprising, honestly, to me. But like I don't trust him to give me fifty more games. Yeah. No, I hear you. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's hard to I mean, that's like an impossible sort of like predict, prediction to make. I mean, it's not like he's banged up right now. So if, you know, if he were to get injured like next week, yeah, I mean, I guess he's once again, once again, he has screwed me over. Like in the preseason, I was out on him, and now I'm in on him, and now he gets injured. I don't know. I mean, I guess anything can happen, but at this point, I got to assume he's healthy because, you know, also, as we've seen in the past, a guy doesn't necessarily remain injury prone like his whole career. Like, uh, you know, for instance, like Nelson Cruz, I mean, at one point he was injury prone. And then he he shook that label like a long time ago. And then he had like, you know, he had a good like 12 years there where he was fine. Um, And other players have done that, too. Like in the past, like guys have, you know, they've they have busted through that injury prone label and and become like, you know, very healthy and stayed on the field and and not had problems. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I guess you can say. You don't trust them, and I see that. I mean, I get it. Who knows? I mean, maybe maybe he won't stay on the field in the second half, but at this point, I got to assume he's going to be okay. So I don't know. We'll see, though. I don't know. Yeah, Who fair knows? enough. I, I just wanted to bring it up because I know we talked about it in the preseason. We talked about it at a number yeah. of times where he just he has failed to stay on the field, but it does look like this year might be different. Maybe he finally got into some stretching uh, and like, won't pull his hamstrings, you know, over six times over the course of a week. That'd be that'd be great to have him finish a full season, and get those numbers from him. Finally, um, Jose Ramirez, aka Lane Thomas, comes <laughs> in at uh, number number eight for you. Uh, I mean, great. He literally has like the same line as Lane Thomas, <laughs> and he's number eight versus Lane Thomas not being on here. Mm, yeah, oh, actually. Now that I look at it, the rest of the season player rater, I, I didn't do this intentionally, but Jose Ramirez is number eight on, on the rest of the <laughs> so season. So you just pulled Rudy's rest of the season numbers? Is that what you're telling yeah. us right now? Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. He's like, Lane Thomas is 356, so you better get him down there somewhere. <laughs> no, I think Lane Thomas was around like 105, I think. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. I didn't, yeah. I didn't really, uh, I didn't look at the rest of the season player rating much um, <laughs> doing these rankings. Uh, I I did look at like um, at at what players had done more than what they were going to do according to the player raters. Um, I I conferred occasionally, but not a. I didn't look at it a ton. Anyway, uh, Jose Ramirez. I mean, it's just track record. You know, like he could have, like if there's a one guy who could have like a twelve homer, twelve steal month. You know, I mean, that's and that's basically that would put him on pace with a, a top 25 uh, second half if he had a, a month like that. I don't know. I mean, it's hard for me to look at H- Jose Ramirez and be like, I mean, he's been so consistent for so many years. Like we're lo- we're looking at a guy now that's been consistent for like seven, eight years you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't think th- there's not a ton for me to say for Jose Ramirez why I think he's going to be much better in the fr- in the uh, in the second half than he was in the first half. Other than he's done it for every like he's done it so many years in a row now that it's like why why not trust him to do it again? And he hasn't been bad like in the first half of uh, let's see, I don't even know where is he. On- so he's at twenty three overall. For the first half on the player radar. So that's what he did do. Which is, I mean, 20... If you were to get a guy at, like, in the top 10 overall and say you're going to get a return of top 25, you would take that, wouldn't you? I mean, that's still good. Yeah, I mean, you're taking, like, the top two rounds is really because they shouldn't fall beyond, like, the top 50. Like right. those those top two round guys, even if they don't aren't one two for you, <clears throat> they should be within the top fifty. There should be minimal slide amongst them. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying that Jose Ramirez has been bad. I more or less point out that Lane Thomas is literally doing the exact same thing, but better, <laughs> and he's younger. But yeah, Jose That's Ramirez funny. has done this That's for forever. Like there's track. Did, uh, someone also, uh, someone, uh, one of the Patreons. Uh, did you see the comment? One of the Patreons talked about Lane Thomas too. Is that why? Is that why this? I feel like Lane Thomas has become a thing. I uh, <laughs> I own Lane Thomas in like half of my leagues, so this is really why I'm like beating the drum. It's like I need him to keep doing. What he's been doing, I don't need him I to know. come become you know, like the two thirty five Wayne Thomas. It's true. It's truly incredible that like I don't think a lot of people would uh, guess that Lane Thomas has been as good as Ozzy Albie's yeah. for the year so far. That's pretty incredible. I feel like most people, if you were to say, if you were to like poll people and say to them. Who's been better in the first half, uh, Ozzy Albies or Lane Thomas? I feel like you'd get a, a ninety-five to five split. Like I don't think a lot of people, maybe even ninety-nine More, yeah. to one. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be me. I'd be literally like Lane Thomas. Yeah. Lane Thomas been and awesome. In, and in the end, <laughs> they would actually be right because Ozzy Albie is a little it's bit better. Slightly than better, Thomas. Guys, but they are essentially they're the same. Like. Yeah, I think if most people actually, here's a different one. If you were to say to people, Lane Thomas or Wander Franco, yeah. people would be like, "Yeah, absolutely, Wander Franco." That's the one I was going to go with. Yeah, 
Or if you were to say Marcus Simeon and Lane Thomas, people would be like, yeah, Marcus Simeon. I, I think I think a lot of guys who have been worse than Lane Thomas, you could look at him and be like, yeah, definitely Lane Thomas is actually worse. And you'd be like, wrong. Yeah, <laughs> Tatis, Jose Ramirez, Kyle Tucker, Bo Bichette, Bo Bichette. Like, Julio Rodriguez. Like These yeah. are people who have had great seasons, and they're still – like Lane Thomas is having – the best season he's ever going to have, I, I'm Man. assuming. I wrote, um, a, I wrote a freaking Lane Thomas sleeper post in 2022. Mm-hmm. You were season early, Gray. I, I remembered it because I drafted him because of I it. I loved Lane Thomas last year. I love. I mean, uh, I was. I'm actually. I ended up drafting him in a couple places this year because I did love him so much last year that I, I still. I'm in on Lane Thomas too. Like I'm not. This is top 100 <laughs> slash Lane Thomas discourse. The Lane Thomas discourse. Everyone, everyone who's listening to this is like Lane Thomas. Like, why are we still talking about him? Move on. And so, yeah, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna move on, and I, I, we're actually gonna talk about guys who I just mentioned: uh, Boba Shett, Wanda Franco, Kyle Tucker, Julio Rodriguez. I feel like all these guys—they're all kind of in the same realm. I just wanted to give you, you know, some some yeah. grief about having Bo over <laughs> Wander Tucker, J Rod. J Rod's been okay, but he has not been like to the level of like Wander Tucker, Bo Lane Thomas. Like he's not been, he's not had his best season in, in his second season. <laughs> uh, who who has another best season? J Rod. Like Julio Rodriguez oh. has just not been amazing. Yeah. He's still been good. Like. You're, right. you're not dying because of him, but he hasn't put no. up like 280, 30, 30. No, no, definitely not. And it, it, again, it shows you like the good players, how good they really are, because Julio Rodriguez has had an off year and he's at 30 overall in the play Raider. It's like, you know, it's yeah. kind of. It's like, do you are you kicking that out of bed? Like, you know, it's like, it's like, no, it's not as good as you wanted. Like, you wanted basically what you're getting from Acuna, but are you really that upset about it? I mean, you know, I could actually, I could see Julio Rodriguez potentially sliding a little bit next year in drafts if he has like a second half similar to his first half, and I'm going to be all in on Julio Rodriguez. Oof. Yeah, and I, and I will yeah. say, in I your... Mean, I mean, if he goes, like, after 10 overall, like, if he's anywhere after 10 overall, ooh, boy, I'm I'm in on that. Yeah, jump on the team. You're, you're riding along with me. Um, now, I have to point this out because this is this is my guy. We've been, we've been arguing about him pretty much <laughs> the whole time that he's existed in Major League Baseball. <laughs> Bobby Witt Jr., your write-up says he's not a Cunha or a J-Rod. Uh, well, he's definitely not a Cunha. I, I can agree with that. But uh, he is basically what J-Rod has been. Um, mm. Almost exactly, <laughs> if not better. So, you know, just wanted to point that out from the comment in the write-up there. Um, we'll move on. Uh, you were on Alvarez. He falls out of the top 20 just barely. Is this is this all injury-related? He's going to be a stud when he's back. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you were on Alvarez. Is probably like one of there's very few guys who could hit say 20 homers in the second half. And Jordan Alvarez is probably, you know, he's one of them. I just don't know how many games he's going to play. I, you know, I'm concerned because he had the uh, the oblique. I think he's going to be good to go, like almost 
as soon as the uh, second half starts, if not, if not immediately, like soon after, but you know, anytime a guy has an oblique, if that reoccurs and he misses like the month of August, it's like, that's the end of the second half for you. I mean, that the, then he's, you know, worth nothing. Um, you know, if like he were to have a reoccurrence of the oblique, uh, when he returns and he misses August, then he's basically droppable in, in shallower leagues for, you know, if you have no IL room. Um, hopefully that doesn't happen. I don't want to, you know, jinx him, but I'm just saying he's great, but who knows? Yeah, and, you know, we, we kind of acknowledged it in the preseason. That's kind of the, I feel like that's the drawback on him versus some of the other top, you know, mashers in the game is he just, He's never put up more than 144 games. That's his max that he's done. And 144 is generally going to be fine. But I just don't know if we're ever going to get that full season out of him at some point. I know, um, you know, it's one thing to to have random injuries, but he kind of, I don't know, he just seems to miss just enough time each season to kind of have to fill in for him for a few weeks. Not the yeah, not the end it's of the world, shame, though. too, because, like, like, there's very few guys, I think, who are capable of, 50 plus homer seasons and he's one of them but he needs he would need to play like 145 plus games and you know getting him on the field for those games has been a real struggle so instead he's looked more like a you know 35 to 40 homer guy versus the 50 homer guy but you know as we saw with Aaron Judge speaking of injury prone guys like he was injury prone for the longest time and then stayed healthy last year, and everyone saw what he was capable of when he stayed on the field. And now again, he's injured. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, it's just one of those things where hopefully they can kind of fi- figure out the right balance of like working out, resting, being on the field, and some of it just can't avoid. Sometimes you just get some of those bad luck injuries, and that that's going to happen. But like we saw it with uh, you know like like Judge's teammate Stanton for years, it was like he's not going to give you 150 games. And it's really hard to put up 45 home runs if you're not going to be in 150 games. It, it's just how it kind of goes as, as far as the, the playing time and how our game is concerned. Um, but yeah, just chasing that magical Jordan season where he stays healthy. I mean, I said Lubob couldn't do it, and he's already he's currently proving me wrong. So it does happen, especially as players kind of find their way in the league and get, get accustomed, accustomed to everything. Let's move on to some of the items that are kind of player rater versus your ranks here. Uh, these are some of the biggest differences. And some of these are pretty obvious. A lot of these are like playing time or call up or injury related. O'Neill Cruz is obviously injury related. Right now, last I saw is sometime in August. It does feel a little bit high to have him in here in the top 100 if he's not going to return until mid-August. But we also know what he can do in like a week. So is that why he's up here? Is just like in that month that he's healthy, he could put up numbers that other people can't do in three months. He's a, he's actually, he's like, um, I mean, I would say he's probably like a easy 15. Like if any guy, if anyone's going to do like a 10 Homer, 15 steel month, it would be O'Neill Cruz. Like he's, he's capable of like, you know, everything, 
we're seeing from Ellie De La Cruz. (laughs) (laughs) Ellie De La Cruz is the new O'Neill Cruz. Uh, I wish I would have drafted Ellie De La Cruz instead of O'Neill Cruz. (laughs) I mean, he's just, O'Neill Cruz is just like, if he comes back, assuming like he's healthy and he's able to run. Yeah. I would, you know, I would put O'Neill Cruz. Like if we were, you know, re-ranking on August, uh 5th or 12th or whenever he comes back like you say he comes back august 15th if we were re-ranking august 15th when he's back i would put him in the top 15 overall so you know it's like you put him in the top 100 at the at towards the end of the top 100 and hope that he comes back early or something because i think he's still like gonna be a he's still a great player it's just a matter of him being healthy yeah and i do wonder the Pirates have certainly fallen off a little bit from their hot start to the season. I do wonder when he comes back if they kind of, you know, have him in and out of their lineup a little bit, doesn't necessarily play him every day, kind of just get ready for next season. That's another concern I have with him, but you're right. Like, if anybody's going to put up a massive couple weeks or a month, like O'Neill Cruz is one of the names at the top of that list for sure. Um, Colton Kowser, Jordan Walker, Ellie De La Cruz, these are all prospects that got called up. Is is that that's really the reason, like the the player rater versus the, where they're ranked at right now, right? Yeah, I think upside with like Kowser, for instance. Like, I think his upside alone, you know, he's probably the last big call up. Uh, I would guess. I don't think anyone else is really going to get your, called up. Your boy uh, Incarnacion Strand, if he ever gets <laughs> out of the doghouse in Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly. If I was Cincinnati, I mean, I agree. I For fantasy purposes, in Carson Strand, I want him up. But the Reds aren't doing badly. So it's like you kind of – I mean, it's hard to fault a team that's winning and being like, oh, you should be doing this instead. It's like, yeah, I mean, they're still winning even without in Carson Strand. And, you know, like who – Who's getting benched indefinitely with, uh, you know, CES? The CES comes up, who goes to the bench indefinitely? I don't know if anyone does. Now, if they were to say, like, trade uh, someone for, like, an arm, if they were to trade, like, a, a bat for a pitcher and then bring him up and he has an everyday job, yeah. I mean, in Carson Strand would probably be one of the top call-ups still uh, in the second half. But, yeah, I don't think we're seeing many other guys that are going to really make a difference. Anyway, with uh, Kowser, yeah, I mean, Kowser was called up. Uh, we didn't really discuss his call-up, I don't think. No, I, that was, that was know, this week, I, so I we think didn't get he's to like, like, So he's got, like, basically power and speed, and he makes great contact. My one concern with uh, Kowser, and also Westberg, and Gunner <laughs> and Mountcastle, the Oreos incredibly have a lot of bats. <laughs> they don't they don't have much room uh, to be playing guys. Like uh, so, Kowser could potentially have issues with playing time, which worries me a little bit. But I think they're going to play him every day. My that's my guess at least. Uh, if not, he'll at least play against all uh, righties. So, yeah, I like Kowser a lot. I think he's probably, like, he's capable of a top 100 uh, second half. Whether or not he does it, I don't know. Uh, I think he's also, like, if he does well 
in the second half, like he's like he could be one of those guys like we saw with um, Corbin Carroll, like going into this year, uh, where like Hauser could be a top seventy, top fifty ish guy going into next year. Like Kowser could definitely be one, one of those big prospects that gets drafted, you know, crazy early uh, next year. Like, um, you know, Jordan Walker, I want to say he was going at like 75, 80 overall by the time, uh, you know, or Anthony Volpe, like they were going around there uh, at the end of like the preseason when everyone knew for sure that they were going to be in the uh, lineup and they made the team, I think they were going like around 75 overall. I could see Kowser being like similar, you know, his upside is great. Got great power and speed makes good contact. So yeah, I'm, I'm fine with a flyer towards the end of like the top 100. Like if you're looking at, you know, just the, uh, like Kowser or, uh, you know, Glaber Torres, who's also at the very end of the top 100. Like, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe they're like, they get injured or they're not doing well, like by mid August and they become droppable. That's possible. Or they have such good upside. I mean, they could easily be top 100 guys in the second half. So it's like, you know, it's just kind of like working in some upside towards the end of the top 100. Like I said, you know, to start off the uh, the podcast, there's a really Kowser or a guy who isn't even on the top 100 easily could you could flip flop them. Like, you know, if you want to say Lane Thomas is uh, where Kowser is, that's fine. I, I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, I wanted to specifically ask you about Ellie because you just you love him so much. I thought for sure <laughs> there was no way he was going to be this far down. I thought he'd be like, I thought he was going to make like your top twenty, if not top ten. Honestly, <laughs> if you would like just ask me where he was going to fall. And really, over the last month, he's been sixth on the player radar. So it's really not like a far fetched statement <laughs> that he should be top twenty. Now, some people were like, top twenty. Come on, now let's 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 be serious. But seriously, like over the last month. He's six on the player, and he he didn't even play that whole month. So, like, I, I'm surprised that you had him where you had him, Gray. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do. Which love is 45, him. which is I still do, good. I, like, I, no, I, no, and I and I do really love him. I just feel like like right now, you know, looking at his numbers and trying to put aside of how much I love him. Like, he only has he has four homers. Which isn't bad. I mean, it's fine. Four homers in 30 games. So, you know, we're thinking... So that's like a 20-homer pace over the course of a full season. But that's fine. I mean, that's it's not bad. So he's not hitting... He can, though. He can hit for so much power. I mean, he, he is capable of a top 20-type second half. Absolutely. I just feel like his Babbitt is high. His Ks are a little mm-hmm. bit high. His his power hasn't been there in a way that's like got me, you know, moving him that far up. I mean, he can have I could see a potential 15 homer 30 steal second half. I mean, as we saw in that game over the weekend, like he stole second, third, and home. <laughs> like that's ridiculous. Like, so I mean, 
you have a guy that uh, any can beat out a grounder to first base, so he's gonna have a high Babbitt. Like I do, I do love him. I I don't know where I'm gonna be with him in like the preseason next year. It's gonna be a tough call. He's probably gonna be higher than this, but I'm just concerned. At some point, I'm concerned there could be a adjustment period which we haven't seen yet like at some point do major league pitchers adjust to him and bring him down because like he he was adjusted on even in the minor leagues like he had issues like for like there was like weeks there in the minor leagues where he struggled to make contact so Maybe maybe major league pitchers figure him out a little bit in the second half. That's all. I was just, you know, I was being kind of conservative with him, but he could easily be a top twenty guy. All right, all right, fair enough. I uh, I'm probably gonna have him higher, or I would have him higher than you have him. I'd probably have him somewhere in the Cedric Mullins range. Like if you told me that he he and Cedric Mullins had the exact same line rest of the season, but yeah, that kind of makes sense. Um, now you're right. There, there could be an adjustment period that, that certainly does happen with young players, but I feel like that happens more. I don't know. I, I feel like it happens more in the second season for guys who kind of come up mid season than it does during the season necessarily, but we could definitely see a drop at some point. Yeah. That's just where I'm thinking. I think Cedric Mullins, yeah. like eight to 10 home runs, 10 to 15 steals, like, that seems like the right range for him, but he does come with more risk, so I get it. Mullins is, yeah, Mullins and him are, like, basically, they're the same, exactly, in my mind, except Mullins has a little bit more of a track record. Yeah. Really, that's it. Yep, yeah, that's fair. Uh, Dalton yeah. Varsho is, is on this list of people who you have the biggest differences in player writer. Is it strictly because you hate the catcher position? <laughs> uh, yeah i mean i was like i, I was basically like I, I felt like i had to put a catcher or two in the top 100 and they and if you're looking at catchers for a second half i mean i guess sal perez could have like a monster power month or something but in like in just a second half and you know, only in like the uh, like last seventy games or whatever they ha- whatever Varsho has left, or JT Riamuto, who I have in who is the other catcher I have in the top one hundred. Like just because like they actually have power and speed, I felt like they have a better chance of getting into the top one hundred. Where like you know, if Sean Murphy or Sal Perez or, you know, Francisco Alvarez or, you know, any catcher has like a good power month. They could easily be the best catcher uh, for the second half or Jonah Heim, who's actually been the best catcher who is like never gets talked about. He's he had a great first half. Uh, Actually, oh, no, Sean Murphy has overtaken Jonah Heim. He was the number one. I guess. Yeah, I guess uh, in the last week, because. I think last time I looked at this, Jonah Heim was number one. But, you know, whatever the case is, I think uh, any, you know, it's like catcher is such a fickle position that it doesn't take much to have, like, the top catcher uh, second half. 
it, it's just a matter like but because of like JT Riomuto and Varsho both give power and speed I felt like they had the best chance of giving the best like catcher second halves but yeah Will Smith could be the best catcher in the second half um I don't know Wilson Contreras yeah. I, he could have a great second half. Yeah. No, that's fair say. in regards to this, the power speed. I, I really didn't even think about it from that angle. I was just like, you know what? Varsho's been freaking terrible this year, uh, and he still made the 100. So it was just a big difference between where he's currently played Raider versus where you have him ranked. I, I kind of thought it would be Will Smith or Sean Murphy because we talked about how Will Smith is the safest catcher. Like, he just does what he does every yeah. year. Uh, he does. You know, and it's also like, Will Smith right now is is uh, the third best catcher, but he is really consistent. Uh, and that is, let's see, I don't, I don't even know. Let's see where he is. Oh, so he's at a hundred overall. Will Smith is. So that shows you like how bad catchers have been this year. That like Will Smith is the third best catcher, and he's at a hundred overall on the player radar. It's not. I mean, it's not great. It's fine. I mean, it's not bad. But Will Smith has been as valuable as. Lords Guriel Jr. and Brandon Nemo. I mean, anyone anyone getting upset that Brandon Nemo's not in the top 100? You know, it's yeah. like eh. yeah, that's totally fair. And for those of the, those of you who drafted catcher early this year, Rumuto's 170, Varsho's 223. Please, oh God, stop drafting catcher so early. Yeah, it's also like in one guy who. Uh, like Ryan McMahon is in the top 100 on the player Raider. I, I noticed that the other day mm-hmm. because he's like one of those guys that everyone wants to drop Ryan McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> he is, no he is Ryan McMahon. He's Lane Thomas, except we're already bored of him. Like we got bored <laughs> of him like three years ago. <laughs> yeah, I know. How about like, how about how awful Trey Turner's been in the first half? I mean, he really, I wonder where he's going to go next year. Like, if he has the same second half as he had in the first half, is he – are people going to be, like, comparing him to, uh, like, being like, well, him or Whit Merrifield? Like, is is that how far he's going to fall in preseason ranks? It's going to be interesting to see with Trey Turner because, I mean, I still have a little bit of hope in my rankings for the second half where I have him at 25 overall. But if he has another – uh, second, if he has a second half like his first half, I could see Trey Turner falling to like in the the forties or fifties overall in the preseason ranks next year. I will own so much Trey Turner if that happens, Gray. It will be absolutely <laughs> absurd the amount of Trey Turner that I have if that happens. Um, Where do you think? Okay, maybe, maybe I'm maybe I'm being too conservative. Where do you think he fall? If he has no, the same- I think you're right. Like I think you're right. But I'm just saying, like when that happens, when the group think moves to like Trey Turner's cooked, I'm gonna have so many shares of the bounce back year because I'm like I'm positive it's coming. Like the numbers in general look pretty much like what he's been doing for the last four or five years where he was, you know, a consensus top 10, top five pick. Like none of the numbers really look out of place. His sprint speed is still like elite, elite. I'm just not worried about Trey Turner. I feel like it's coming. Like like, there's so much like, I, I don't know if we're on pace to have as much offense as 2019, but there is so many good hitters that you look at Trey Turner's year, and it's like Trey Turner's on pace for 
a 20 homer, 35 steal season, and he's going, and, and I'm talking about him falling to like 40 overall. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of offense, man. It That's is. A, it is. Like, I don't know if. I don't know if we've really talked that much about how like offense is crazy right now. Like I like I mentioned briefly in the opening how like the top 50 on the uh in the top 100, the top 50, like the top 50 hitters are they're so good. I don't think we've talked about one pitcher so far today. <laughs> <laughs> well, the pitchers weren't as like divisive. You tended to rank like the good pitchers high, and like so, there just didn't seem like there was as much to talk about in that time frame. Um, I will say, in regards to the offense, we're not at 2019 levels. Um, at no point really in this season were we at 2019 levels. We're more like 2021 um, levels, which is still, uh, you know, I think it's like 2,000 more runs than what we had last year. So still significant, you know, amount more. Offense, super, yeah, but super, not it's an 2019 from last year. Right, 2019 was yeah. so so yeah. dumb. Yeah, 2019 <laughs> was insane. Yeah, I I guess uh, last year was such a down year that it was like that that is stuck in my head. That like that has made me forget how insane 2019 is because last year was so nuts. But yeah, no, this is this has still been like. To talk about pitchers, even just briefly in general, like there's so many pitchers right now that are like kind of eh. <laughs> eh. Oh yeah, and there's there's a lot of like uh, I mean like there was moments where I was like you know like Joe Ryan made the top 100 and he had a terrible like like last couple starts <laughs> like he could easily be he could be like droppable by like mid-august and i have him in the top 100 because i still believe and he's still got a great uh k uh, uh strikeout to walk ratio so like jay joe ryan still looks great but also i mentioned briefly justin verlander like he's his peripherals are awful like he looks bad <laughs> Sonny Gray, another guy in the top 100, like he had a terrible last start. Like his last start was awful. But it's like, what? Like who do I put? Like who is worthwhile? Who's more worthwhile than like, like their peripherals look good? You know, it's like I'm not putting Marcus Stroman in the top 100. You know, it's like I don't know. Like some guys, like Jose Barrios, like eh. You know, I don't know. It, it, like pitchers, like there's really, like even the top pitchers, like the Nathan Eovaldi's of the world. <laughs> take that, take that clip and play it to someone like last year, and they'll be like, "What? <laughs> Nathan Eovaldi is a top pitcher? Yeah." So like the Nathan Eovaldi's of the world aren't even that good. <laughs> so I mean, you know, I don't know. Uh, and also in like the second half, just the, the, the nature of the fact that, you know, most pitchers are going to throw maybe 12, 12 starts. Like there's not a ton of starts left. Uh, like guys just aren't going to be able to throw that many starts. Like how many, like how many starts or maybe 15, like there's not. 
I don't even know what what's the uh, I don't even I don't have the numbers in front of me, but like Spencer Strider. Let me look. I would uh, guess most pitchers have somewhere between ten and fifteen starts left. Ten to fifteen, right? So Strider has right. So he had because like I basically just assumed like I, I assumed anywhere from like ten to thirteen. Yeah, say fifteen is probably very high. Like yeah, like I assumed ten to uh, ten to thirteen. And then you have guys like Spencer Strider, who I think is the best pitcher in baseball. Like, just like pound for pound, his stuff is better than anyone. So I have, so I, you know, I basically, I put him down for, um, like, he was the top pitcher in the second, for my second half rankings. I put him down for 71 innings, which is like basically 12, 12 to 13 starts because, like, if the Braves are running away with the division, which I imagine they are, why are they putting Stri- why are they te- why are they pushing Strider to throw more innings in September? So that's going to hurt his overall numbers. So I mean, he's even like he's the best pitcher and I don't even know if he throws like a full, you know, second half. Like maybe like I'm not saying they're going to shut him down like September 1st, which I, I kind of think they should, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I don't think they're going to go quite that far, but they may shut him down like with, you know, maybe two, two starts to go in September just to like get him ready for the playoffs. Because I mean, the Braves are obviously making the playoffs and they're not going to, I mean, Strider is like, he's more or less their entire rotation. So I mean, they're really gonna be like they're gonna be kid gloves with him. If I mean, if I were them, at least I would be kid gloves with him. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they push him more than I think. But you know, if I if anything, I think he's gonna get shut down at some point in September. But with and with that said, I still think he's the best pitcher because at least his stuff is is really good. You know, like Shane McClanahan's my number two pitcher. And he's not even healthy right now. He's not. He's not even like he's he's on the IL. I mean, I think it's a fake IL stint just to yeah. like rest him because I think the Rays are smart enough to realize that they're going to be in the playoffs and they want McClanahan to be healthy. So I think they're just resting McClanahan. But still, I mean, it's it's not great when the second best pitcher, according to my rankings, is not even like healthy <laughs> quote unquote healthy <laughs> yeah and uh the rays have had their trouble with starting pitching this year that's that's for sure so they need to yeah. they need to get through the rest of the season with what they have intact and hopefully not lose anybody more from that I w- if i were the rays or the braves i would probably go out and get like you know if you could get like Stroman. a, a Strowman. oh my god totally like a Strowman or even if you were to able to get even like a, a lousy pitcher just to pitch in the sec- in like September, just to be like, you know what? We don't necessarily like Sean Manaya, but uh, he's he's got innings that he can throw. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. the Cubs' entire rotation, other than Justin Steele, is on the block. Everybody yeah. can go from the Cubs rotation. Totally, yeah. No, I know. Like if you were the uh, like if you were the Braves. How quickly would you get Drew Smiley? I would be like, please come throw like as many innings as you can in September because we just need someone to go out there and throw. Oh, if I'm the Braves, I'm probably sending 
over to the Cubs, uh, you know, some kind of like Vaughn Grissom for Steel. Oh like Vaughn Grissom totally. for Steel would would happen. Like Vaughn be like, okay. Grissom, yeah. Vaughn Grissom for yeah some some pitching Steel some and then like a pitching Strowman. Like, Strowman. I mean, you don't. I mean, in fantasy, you don't want to do that deal. In but life? in yeah. reality, if the Braves can get Strowman, yeah, that help a lot for them. Yeah, just to get yeah. through the end of the season, like you're saying, like find the yeah. innings because the piecemeal, right. like calling up guys randomly, has not necessarily been the ideal right. thing for them right now. And sometimes, like in the second half, you know, continuing on in general terms of pitching, like in the second half too, like if you look at teams like the Phillies, like they. They might be in the wild card discussion potentially. So if Nola and Wheeler are able to throw, they might actually be in a better place. Like I know Nola's a mess because of the home runs allowed. I'm not I'm not sticking my head in the sand. I know Nola's not great. <laughs> but I'm saying though, like sometimes pitchers could be better in a situation where like if the real if the real life situation is them needing the arm to go. Wheeler and Nola could be like actually, you know, good if the Phillies need them to throw, whereas the Braves don't need Strider to throw. So it's just like it's it's a tough like pitching in the second half is it's really tough. I actually I think I mentioned this at one point where like I kind of trust the relievers more than the starters right now which is bizarre, but I, I, like, I don't know, you know, like we saw with Josh Hader last year, he had a terrible second half, so he really fell off. So I'm not saying like closers can't like have terrible second halves and just not be good, but the closers right now look really good. <laughs> like the Batistas and the haters and the Devin Williams, like, you know, uh, uh, who else? Uh, Alexis Diaz. Uh, and their roles yeah, are set. Like, they're not going anywhere. Roles, right. Even if yeah, the team sucks, they're not going to shut down right. a closer. Right, exactly. Yeah, no one's shutting down a closer. Exactly. Like, unless they get injured, which, you know, hopefully they don't. But if they're healthy, why, you know, it's not like, it's not like anyone's talking about shutting down Rossiel Iglesias because the Braves are winning. Like, who cares? It's one inning. Like, they're, I mean, they're not going to push him and make him throw, like, three games in a row maybe, but they're still going to let him close games when he's fine. Yeah, exactly. They, you know, regardless of your place, you don't want your closer sitting around doing nothing. Oftentimes right. it's the highest paid guy or is going to be the pay- highest paid guy at some point as well. And you just don't want to upset them. Like, you don't want to upset the best person in your bullpen or second best for some, for some bullpens. But, like, you just don't – you want to keep that, that gap going. Um, you know, we talked about Trey Turner and, and kind of his disappointment despite the numbers not actually being that bad. Bryce Harper, uh, uh, 290, 386, 400. Uh, that sounds in line until we get to the 400 part. He has three home runs, Gray. Like, everything's kind of been there but the power. Like, the power has just – it's gone. I don't know that it's coming back this year. Yeah, I don't think it is. I, I'm I'm kind of convinced it's not coming back this year. I don't know. I mean, I you never know. Things could happen, but 
I mean, why wasn't it there? It, like you said, everything else looks in line with his previous years. So why isn't the power there? I mean, you have to assume it's because of the elbow. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe it comes back in the second half, but I, I don't think so. I if I had the if I had the bet, I would I would bet the under on whatever people are saying for his power in the second half. Like, you know, right now he has three homers and you know, other projection systems are giving him like twelve homers in the second half, and it's like I don't know why. I mean, why is he hitting four times as many homers in less games? <laughs> or I guess, well, he was injured in the first month, so he's probably going to have around the same amount of games in the second half. But still, why four times the amount of homers? Is he suddenly going to get healthy? It doesn't seem likely. I don't know. I mean, hopefully, hopefully he does get healthy, but I wouldn't bet on it. Yeah, since 2019, he has the lowest barrel rate of his career. The lowest exit velocity, the lowest max exit velocity, the lowest hard hit rate, the lowest launch angle. Like, every single number of his as far as power is down. Again, the number, like, the, the average yeah. is still there. The on-base is still there. He's actually stealing more bases than I thought he would. I just thought, like, they're not going to let him run, period. Like, why would you let him do anything? Um, but, yeah, like, the numbers across, the power numbers across the board are as bad as they've been in four years, five years, like, I don't see it coming around. Eight-degree launch angle when he's normally at a 13, 14, that's, that's showing something's wrong for me. Yeah. Um, Jose Altuve, he's actually been fine when he's been on the field, but he's just been injured a lot. This is the risk of drafting an older player. Um, 32 games, though, he's hit six home runs, five stolen bases. He's hitting 264, 371. Uh, he does he does jump up quite a bit on your you know second half rankings because he missed some time. Are you comfortable with Altuve as your second baseman here, or is this like I'm doing it, but I'm holding on to that second baseman I picked up too? Uh, you know, I, I think I'm. You know, if you have a uh, if you have an IL uh, spot, I, I have I have no problem even going out and trading for Altuve because he has. I mean, I think in in two months. Like if he comes back and he's healthy for August first, in two months he can he can be a number one second baseman still. I think like he can be he can be as good as anyone in two months. So as assuming he's healthy, assuming he's fine, I you know I have no problem going out and acquiring Altuve. I, if anything, he's probably a a little bit of a buy low right now because you know no one. No one really wants Altuve. Uh, I, I wouldn't think, at least, because, like you said, he didn't have a he didn't have a great first half, and now he's injured. But yeah, I, I mean, I still believe as long as he's healthy, I think, and I think he's the kind of guy who's like, you know, he didn't have like, unlike Bryce Harper, you know, like Altuve's injuries i i think are are fine for like i don't think they're gonna be affecting him necessarily assuming he's healthy i mean i you know and that's a and that's the risk i mean the risk is you know whether or not he's gonna be healthy but i think he i think he could be i think you know i i think it's fair to to uh you know i wouldn't necessarily bet the farm on it but yeah i i think it's a fine gamble yeah i'm uh i'm probably a little less in on Altuve, just because I, I feel like he's kind of just banged up this season. I, I just feel like it's not 
it's not his season. There's no rhyme or reason for that. Um, as I said, though, his production's been fine when he's on the field. So if you're looking for a second baseman, you can kind of wait for it. And like you said, he's, he's going to be about as low of a cost as you can possibly get right now. So you could do worse than trading for him. I, I don't know that I'm necessarily counting on him producing, but it would be a nice gamble if you have the extra pieces. Um, Xander Bogarts, you know, he, he's had six home runs in April. He's had four since then. Two in like nine days in July is a, is a good sign, but I'm kind of worried that, well, that, and we're going to circle this all the way back to Lane Thomas. Like what you were saying about Lane Thomas, like the production <laughs> may just not be there. I feel like Xander's there. Like Xander's just not, he just isn't producing home runs or stolen bases enough to the, and his average is dropping, which I think both of you, you and I both said, cause he left Boston to go to San Diego. Like that's 100% going to happen. Yeah. He's a 250, like, eight and three guy rest of the season. Uh, it's just, it's not exciting. Nah. Yeah, no, I hear you. I, you know, I think I mentioned this in the uh, uh, rankings. Yeah, I did. Uh, I was just looking to double check myself. Yeah, because I remember thinking it. I wasn't sure if I wrote it out. Um, incredibly, everything I think I don't write. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, as I said in the rankings, like I feel like this is this is it for Alexander Alexander Bogarts is either he's either going to be he's either going to pick up his first half and be better in the second half and prove that he's still a top one hundred player, or he's going to have a kind of boring second half and event and this is going to be it for him and he's gonna he's going to be more or less a top, you know, 120 to 140 overall player going forward like next year, and he's never going to be a top 100 player again. Like, this could be it for him. And it might be. Like, you know, like we said in the preseason, like what we were worried about, leaving Fenway hurts the guy. You know, it, it really hurts a guy's average. It, it hurts a guy's uh, Babbitt which is going to hurt his average, and it has. I mean, that that has really affected Bogarts. But because he has power and speed, again, it's similar to like what I said with uh, Varshow. With power and speed, like if he can have a 10-homer, 10 10-steal 10 second half, that's valuable enough for me in a, in a second half to make the top 100. Barely. I mean, I have him ranked barely in the top 100, but still – I think he's like for now he's barely a top 100 player, but I could see going into next year and being like, yeah, at this point, I think Bogarts is more like 130 overall. Yeah, I think that's 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 fair. Oh, by the way, what and the Padres have him for what another nine like years, 55 <laughs> years or so, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Wow, is that bad? I mean, wow. <laughs> All right. You thought, the, you thought the Padres are underperforming in the first half of 2023? Wait till you see the first half of 2041 <laughs> when they have the exact same lineup. Oh, Ooh. man. I really wish Carlos Correa's first contract hadn't have gotten canceled. That would have been just just so great. Just just so funny to me right now. Um, oh my god! Let's move to a different category. And this is biggest drops. So like they're higher, they're higher ranked on the player radar. You've dropped them quite a bit from where they are on the player radar. 
Mm. All the top of that list is Francisco Lindor, another uh, high-priced, going to be around for a long time shortstop. He he's actually done very well on the player Raider this year. He's 16th on the player Raider, but you're not buying it, Gray. No, you know, <laughs> with him, I mean, he's really he's come on better in in like the last couple weeks. He he's been hot. Um but I, I'm really kind of concerned about his Babbitt dropping and his like his speed and all the uh, the fly balls. Like his his fly balls have really like they've gone up in such a dramatic way that I I feel like he's might have become like a two forty ish hitter with like going like going for power and giving up on everything else, which is fine if you're a power hitter. But Francisco Lindor is not really a power hitter, so I don't know, man. I I have I have some concerns about Lindor's uh, peripherals. Like his peripherals don't look great to me. K's are up, fly balls are up, which for some hitters that's fine. But for him, you know, the Babbitt dropping and the fly balls going up, it's, I don't know. It's not great in my eyes. Like I, I I'm concerned a little bit about Lindor, uh, but yeah, I mean. He's kind of held it together. I mean, as you mentioned, he's been fine on the player Raider thus thus far. He's you know he's definitely put it together in the last like couple weeks. But yeah, he's been good. I mean, overall, he's uh, sitting at what sixteen overall on the player Raider. So yeah, I mean, he's been he's been solid. I just you know I have some issues with the peripherals. Yeah, I mean, nineteen thirteen sounds good. Two thirty nine. Does not sound so so great for Francisco Lindor, who used to be kind of a two seventy five hitter, two eighty hitter, pretty much pencil that in, and he's just he's just not there anymore. And, and to your pretty much agree with what you said, like he's just selling out for power now. Launch angle is up like seven degrees from what it what it's been his whole career, pretty much. Um, that's that's significant. That's that's a big difference. And he is swing like he the, the contact's harder, but he's getting less of it. So like. It, it just shows exactly what you're saying. Like he's selling out for power. It's not necessarily, not necessarily going great. Um, Christian Yelich is is the next one I kind of wanted to talk about on this this dropped list from where they are on the player Raider because Yelich is, and this is this was maybe one of the more surprising things for me because I look at the player Raider pretty regularly. He was number nine on the player Raider, Gray, number <laughs> nine, Christian Yelich. The guy that used to be that used to seem very normal. If you had told me that was going to happen this year, I probably would have smacked you on the head. <laughs> yeah, I know, and and it looks kind of sustainable. Like it doesn't look, <laughs> like it doesn't look awful. Ron Burgundy. Yeah, I mean, right? I mean, it, like his speed is like where it's supposed to be kind of like he doesn't seem like it's sort of like he's really taking advantage of the rule changes and he's put together a first half that looks similar to what his entire second half was like he's on pace for a 2040 season <laughs> it's pretty good yeah um yeah i mean i don't know it's he's just <laughs> I mean, his launch angle is just so bad that I just feel like he's a little bit susceptible to like a, a low, like bad luck. Like his great, like he hits so many ground balls, and th- that has not changed at all. That I just I worry that 
Like, he's a little bit slump-prone, but, yeah, I mean, he's looked good in the first half. I, You know, I can't deny that. Yeah, well, that's fair. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't I really mean, know where it's come him? from. Uh, I don't. <laughs> Definitely no, don't. I don't either. So it's like, I don't know. I mean, if I'm being honest, I don't trust it. So no, I, I don't. If, if it was me, like, your ranking of him at 50 even feels a little aggressive for kind of what I would expect for him to bounce back to, like, where he belongs. But I, I get it. Like, he's been he's been good. Like, it's hard to, to take that away from him. Uh, another kind of name from the past that's that's bounced back. You know, I'm bringing up both these guys. One's young, one's old as hell. Jonathan India, and then no longer just a Twitter meme, Nick Castellanos. <laughs> yeah, I know. Castellanos, too, is like... I mean... These guys like uh, Yelich and Castellanos, I mean, they were sort of – last year it looked like both of them were kind of like done, just right? Get them out of here. Just, Let's be done with yeah, them. Yeah, like Castellanos especially. Uh, I don't know. I You know, like his – and his numbers don't really jump off the page to me. Like not like he's fixed himself either. Like they look – okay like his babbit's super high and he's still like his launch angles drop down and he's still hitting a lot of ground balls i mean his hard hit is better like castellanos is back to i mean he seems like he's back to like that old greek god of hard contact when he would hit like 24 homers and 300 or 295 like he like he looks like he's a line drive hitter again and he's become like like what he was kind of like on the on the tigers like when Uh he was like a a 25 homer 290 hitter like that's what he looks like he's back to which is fine i mean that's not a bad i mean that's not a bad player um but he doesn't look like he's ever going back to what he was in cincy when he was like a near 35 homer guy like that that seems like that was just a product of Cincinnati and that park. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, he looks like he he looks solid. I You know, he looks like a solid corner outfielder that's, you know, uh, potentially going like, you know, like maybe down a little bit on average in the second half, depending on like the Babbitt. Uh, but like, you know, if he gets – a tw- if he has a 12 homer, four steal, 280 second half, that's that's solid. It's not really super exciting, but that seems in line with what he's capable of. Yeah, yeah, I would I would tend to agree. I don't know that I count on him for much speed, but he might get a kick in a couple here and there. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think your ranking of him is crazy. It's just he fit on the, you know, he did fall from where he was currently at on the player raider. Again, I would probably have him lower, if anything, than your ranks do. Um, but you can't you can't ignore that he's he's turned it around this season and he's not, you know, the, the complete waste of space that we thought he might have been the previous year. Uh, anything on India before we, we move off the former the former Reds guys? I mean, <laughs> the Reds. Red, are, he's still a Red. I mean, <laughs> the, the Reds are uh, yeah. The Reds are basically like <laughs> the, the Reds are like the Orioles. <laughs> this makes, imagine saying that sentence last year. The Reds are so good; they have so many good players. 
<laughs> Except for well, the Reds pitching is a problem, but uh, yeah, if the if the Reds hitting had the uh, the Orioles pitching, <laughs> that's imagine saying that last year. No, the Reds. <laughs> I mean, the Reds hitting is so good because the Reds park is good. Like the Reds, the Reds have kind of become like what you want the Rockies to be. You know, like <laughs> the Rockies uh, like have a great park but they just seem to underperform all the time where the Reds have a great park and they're doing well <laughs> um, as hitting uh, hitters, at least uh, India has been great. I mean, he's had a solid year. He's had a good bounce back. I think, I think I'm actually in the big picture too. I'm, I'm kind of in on India again. Hopefully he doesn't screw me next year because I was out on him this year, but I think he's, I think he's actually bounced back to the point where I'm I'm excited again about India. I I think he's he's worthwhile again, and and that park is just so good. Yeah, the Reds in, since June. So basically, when they started making their their aggressive call ups, they're second in the league in runs scored. Everybody on the Reds has been been absolutely great. Just this last like month month and a half. Uh, let's talk about a couple pitchers here since we hadn't really discussed them, and we we discussed Nadia Valdi. I was honestly surprised he didn't drop further. I thought you'd have him down or maybe not even in this listing. But we're already at the second most innings in his last six years, which is you know pretty much the time after he had his major injury. Uh, he's never been this good. He's never put up innings. I, I just don't trust Eovaldi, but I understand it's kind of, you know, you can't ignore what they did in the first half type of thing. Um, and, and then the other one is Mitch Keller, who if you told us at the beginning of the season – like we're gonna look back and in the top ten at the break, you're gonna say Nate Uvaldi, Zach Eflin, and Mitch Keller. <laughs> Man, you could have won some serious money. You could have won so much money on that bet there, Gray. <laughs> yeah, I mean Mitch Keller. Honestly, Mitch Keller's like he looks good. He looks real. He looks like the Mitch Keller I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for. I know, like Mitch Keller. I mean, I guess it's only been – this is his third year, so that is like the standard breakout time for pitchers. So maybe we were just, we were, uh, we were just rushing him a little bit, and it, just, it was just taking him a little bit of time. But, yeah, Mitch Keller looks excellent. Like his peripherals – like Mitch Keller, like as you mentioned with Eovaldi, like it's a little bit of like, you know, what a guy has done this year and why he's uh, – you know, he's looks – like, Eovaldi has looked great this year, so I'm giving him a little bit of a buy and being like, okay, well, he's been good this year so far, so you know what? Let's assume he's going to continue being good. Whereas Keller actually looks really good. Like, <laughs> Keller looks – and Mitch Keller looks like he has become a top 20 starter, like, even looking forward to, like, 2024. Like, Mitch Keller looks like – he could do this again. Yeah. Um, where Eovaldi feels like he's going to be overrated next year, <laughs> no matter where, no matter where he's drafted. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's, I feel like there's no way I'm drafting Eovaldi next year, but Mitch Keller looks like he could be potentially an ace next year. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about Mitch Keller. Uh, and who was the other name? Uh, the, I hadn't run him up yet, but Zach Eflin is now the other name. And I'm bringing oh, doing uh, this for our boy Cool Whip. Like he's been, <laughs> he's just been on the Zach Eflin train since since the start. Uh, and Zach Eflin cracked 
the top five starting pitchers for the first half as as we kind of just just teased a little bit there. Like Zach Eflin, wow. top five starting pitcher first half, Gray. Wow, right? I know. <laughs> like what just so where are we? What happened? I don't know, what man. What is going on? Yeah, I mean I I think we, we really gotta start looking at like Anybody I think the away? walk, the walk, yeah, the ray, yeah, the rays. <laughs> Anyone who throws off of the mound in Tampa Bay, uh, yeah, no, I think we got to start looking at like walks and like if a guy because one thing these guys all have in common, uh, at least these three, is their command is really good. Uh, Eflin's command is excellent. Uh, Eovaldi's always had great command. And uh, Keller's really dropped his his walk rate and has good. He's had better command this year than he's ever had, and he was always a good command guy coming up through the minors. He's finally figured it out in the majors. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just these three names that we're uh, we're discussing that is why I'm looking at like their walk rate. But Eflin's, I mean, Eflin was always anyone who's going to have like a one point three. Walk per nine, I mean, they're going to be interesting in some way, even if it's like a 7K per nine. But Eflin's up to a a 9.2. So, yeah, I mean, he – Eflin actually looks like he's getting a little bit unlucky on his ERA. (laughs) Like, he looks like he's even better (laughs) than it appears. Yeah. Like, Eflin looks like – I mean, again, you know, I guess – I don't know if he's going to be in the top 20. I could see, though, Eflin being around like where uh, Logan Webb went last, like this last preseason. Like, I could see Eflin being in that range potentially. Like, he looks like at worst, he's going to be in like maybe the top 75, maybe top 80 overall. I don't know, maybe even higher. It depends on what he does in the second half, obviously. But he looks he looks really good, F one. Yeah, no, he's he's looked he's looked great. Um he's and he's he's made change. Like we talked about going to the Rays and kinda of joked about it, but like the Rays identify what your pitches are and then they tell you to lean into them. They don't they mm-hmm. don't have you throw five pitches to throw five pitches. He yeah. cut down the fastball usage, he's throwing the cutter more, and he's throwing the curveball a ton. He's throwing the curveball 30% of the time right now. The most he's ever thrown it before was 20%, and that was like last year. Like This, yeah. is, this is a pitch that it's they so, want him to use. I mean, and when you look at it, it's like, I mean, Cool Whip, he, he brought it to, uh, I mean, he brought it to our readers' attention in January. But if you're the Rays, I mean, you look at this, I mean, it's kind of hard to see how other teams didn't see it because like if you have a 92 mile per hour fastball why would you throw it 60 percent of the time as the phillies were having eflin throw it like what and are a you straight doing, 92 man? mile an hour fastball at that like i know it's like it's so obvious like in retrospect and it doesn't even need – you didn't even need retrospect, really, because, like like I said, like Kula mentioned it in, in January, like he wrote up a post about it. It's so obvious. Like the Rays obviously were like, yeah, this guy has really – he has really good stuff aside from the fastball, so why is he throwing the fastball? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, dude. Like it makes no sense. Like – and it's kind of like what we've said, we've said this so many times previously, but 
Like a guy doesn't need five pitches. If he has two good pitches, then throw the good two pitches. That's all you need. Like you're only seeing, especially with the Rays. I mean, you're seeing like the order. Maybe you're getting through like two or two, two and a half, three times in the order, if that. Yeah. I mean, barely. You know. Yeah. No. Just the teams would just manage their pitching better. Understanding yeah. how these things work, not not letting them go out for the seventh inning and get rocked, like that's what the Rays do, and they're very successful at it. So hats yeah. off the Rays, and, and Eflin's been great. Like I'm I'm buying his changes, and he's he's looked phenomenal within within the season. So um, you know I, yeah. I I really wanted to kind of make fun of him, but like you can't, you really can't come after him because he's been great. Um, you know, great. We're on an hour, and we're going on an hour and a half now, so. I, okay. We got we have more names here, but like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get it to us. Is there anybody else that you want to kind of bring up within your ranks that you want to discuss, like why you have them, why you didn't rank them, uh, anything like that? Nah, I mean I don't know. I, I think it, a lot of the ranks are more or less exp- uh, self-explanatory. I mean, if you know guys like Jose Barrios who wasn't in the uh, top 100. Uh, I didn't put him in the top 100 because he scarred me so bad last year. Yeah, we never can do that again. It doesn't matter. He could he could become, I don't know, Corbin Burns or Max Scherzer. It's not going to matter. He's never it'll getting never, that again. It'll never matter. Never. Yeah, um, you know, like there's certain guys like I, you know, I really like uh, – I mean, I I put in actually late. I put in Blake Snell because I feel like he actually could have a great second half. Uh, I didn't have him ranked originally. Um, And then, you know, uh, in retrospect, I put him in. uh, No one. uh, Yeah, I I mean, there was like Justin Turner has been solid, but he's old and uh, it's kind of boring. You know, like Sean Murphy, who I, I think Sean Murphy's great, but. I don't know. You know, he's a catcher. Who cares? <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, there's some guys, and then there's other guys who I'm just like, you know, I feel like there's guys who I wanted, you know, like I mentioned earlier where I, I didn't rank 500 guys. I only ranked 100. So there's guys who I actually really, I like certain players who I just couldn't figure out, you know, who to drop out of the top 100 to move, to move people in. Like, you know, it's just a matter of just not having enough room at a certain point. It's like, you know, I don't really mind like Brandon Nemo, uh, who I mentioned earlier, or, you know, uh, Therio Estrada. I like a lot, but he's injured or, you know, Leody Tavares has had it. He had a solid first half and I like him. I, I honestly, I do like Luke Raleigh. I like a lot. I, I like certain like Jack uh, Slowinski. I I like him. I I do. I just I mean, who am I dropping out to get him in? Like, you know, I don't know. It's just it was just a matter of like juggling people at the end. And I also I had to get Alberto Mondesi in there, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be a list from from Razball if there wasn't Alberto Mondesi. <laughs> Uh, you know, the ultimate if he played a full season guy. Just... What, happened? what happened to Mondesi, though, really? Like, is is he still alive, bro? Where is he? Still hurt. I, I, is he still hurt? Yeah. Oh, poor Mondesi. He's, just, he's just, just infinitely banged up. Like, 
indefinitely. Yeah. Just never going to come off of. Oh man, like, he got Ty, shut down again about, from baseball activities. I mean, you're right. You're right in saying like he is the ultimate. If you can get 160 games from him, <laughs> it's gonna God. be insane. Insane, dude. Like if anyone can have like a 30 30 homer 80 steal season in my in my imagination it's him yeah i mean he could go full on ricky henderson on us like he could do it he, he has it like it's there along with just like the general like vibe i feel like it's like on point there we get the same kind of thing here it's just a vibe man you know what i'm just drafted on vibe i'm vibing i'm vibing that's that is I, I'm on dating apps, Gray, and they're like I'm so sick of hearing, seeing, like I just want to vibe. Like, what does vibe. that mean? How does uh, <laughs> it means they want to draft Alberto? <laughs> Be like, that's what I'm going to use from now on, Gray. When girl just has like, let's just vibe. Yeah. Like, you know, I want to draft it out of Mon- That'll do so well for you. I, I got Alberto Mondesi on all my teams, baby. Yeah, let's go, <laughs> vibing. Vibing. Instead of a profile pick, what if I sent you a screenshot of Mondesi on my IL slot? I'm going to send you pictures of three baseball players to give you your vibe. It's going to be Mondesi and then two guys with the last name Cruz. <laughs> Vibes. All right, great. Let's uh, – I mean, it's – it's a. we're in the All-Star break week, but let's give some people some pickups. There's nothing really happened on the bullpen side. We, we There's – Literally nothing happened this week, so let's give them some some pickups and we'll get out of here. Uh, okay, yeah. So uh, uh, Oscar Colas was uh, he was called up. I I don't think he's done anything since he was called up, but <laughs> you know it's kind of interesting. And in, at least in fifteen team mixed leagues, I'm uh, I'm interested there. Uh, I Alec Manoa was called up, and he's in the same bucket as Jose Barrios. They they, they can <laughs> they can both go screw. <laughs> I'm not even discussing <laughs> Alec Manoa. Um, Colton Kowser, who we mentioned earlier, he's actually in my top 100. Um, Dom Smith has been hot. Uh, Julian, uh, Edward, Edward uh, Julian hit a home run on Sunday. He's been a little bit hot. Uh, Jared Young, he was a little bit hot. The problem with, you know, in general, the problem with, like, going into the break is guys who were hot, may not necessarily be hot coming out of the break like uh alec thomas for instance he had homered in back-to-back games and he could be hot but also i mean maybe four days off is gonna cool him off so you know who knows uh nick gonzalez on the pirates he's been kind of interesting uh hyman condelario has been hot for like a good two weeks now so yeah there's there's some hitter uh names yeah, and I, and to your point about kind of the the break here, I, and maybe not the guys we've listed here, but there's a couple of guys, especially in deeper leagues, that may be losing a job as we come out of the break. The guys who had phantom IL stance, guys who are getting benched and just getting some days off, like some of those guys are coming back, and a few of these guys may lose some jobs. Um, so that's another thing to consider as you're making pickups is just that they're going to have a job come second half. Um, a lot of the pitching matchups aren't out there. I know I've been trying to give you actual matchups that, that I liked in the week, so I don't really have matchups for you. Bradish and Kramer, Kyle Bradish, Dean Kramer, their ownership is finally climbing, so I will stop giving their names here, but I just wanted to say that it's finally happened. I finally got their ownership to a percentage I'm, I'm not going to mention here on the waivers anymore. 
Um, Ryan Nelson's actually turned it around quite a bit, and he's looking really good in his last like four or five starts. Nick Pavetta randomly is, is starting to look good. Matt Manning came back from the IL, and he's he's looked good as well. Uh, Threw a perfect game. Yeah, I mean he's been. <laughs> I mean not a perfect, not perfect, game. perfect but yeah. a no hitter. Yeah. yeah. Um, David Peterson has put together like three or four good starts. Of course, right before that, he got lit up real hard. But that's kind of David Peterson in a nutshell. Um, and Cole Irvin has actually looked pretty good here coming down the stretch as well for the second half. So there's a few names you can kind of monitor in your leagues. As always, if you have specific questions, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at RazBeatOn. Gray is, of course, the owner of the at RazBall account. You can also get, leave us comments on YouTube.com slash RazBallFantasy. Whether you watch there or listen to us on a podcast, rate, review, comment, all that is appreciated. All that helps. Until, until after the All-Star break, Gray, enjoy your time off, and I'll talk to you later. All right, ladies.